0: Check, dog. Yeah. Check, yo. Check,
1: hey, check hey. Yo. Check, yo, yeah. yo, yeah, hey, hey. Duck, 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 Yeah, yeah. Uh. Check it out. Uh. Uh, There's your awesome. headphones, dude? I don't like the headphones. Oh, you're going no headphones. I'm going. I'm going. sans headphones.
0: <laughs> I love it.
1: Man, what's All right.
0: First question, Shane. What's it like to live on the edge?
2: <laughs> it's with no earphones. It's extremely sharp.
0: Welcome to the Equipping Podcast. My
2: name's Karen Henson, and I'm here with Nathan Wagner. What's up? What is up?
3: Man, we're just going to talk about some worship. Sing for us. <laughs> Not sure you all you guys want me to do that, but uh, we've got some cool guests. Who are we talking to today?
2: Today, we're talking to Shane Bernard, Shane Everett, and John Abel, who oh. helped lead our worship team here at Watermark.
3: Yeah, I love those guys.
2: Yeah, they're pretty legit, and we're excited. Hope y'all enjoy.
3: This week we get the awesome privilege of having in the studio with us John Abel,
1: big bad John, Jay big old Abels. John. That's right, from a monk and a nun. From a monk big and bad a nun. John. That's right. Yeah, five hundred four. That's right. <laughs> right, big John,
3: and uh, and also Shane Everett. Yep. Who? I got no, a quick story about Shane. Nobody
1: Everett. knows what he does. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we were playing in a uh, Dallas Seminary golf tournament one time and yep. uh, was driving down the fairway because, I mean,
1: bro, we
3: like pipe it down the middle.
1: I've never, i never been off the
3: fairway. Well, actually, because your ball was maybe slightly off the fairway, oh, as yeah. I'm driving down the middle of the fairway, Shane jumps out of the cart and combat rolls right down the middle of the fairway. It was awesome.
1: You know, sometimes you you just have to bail. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you don't know when it's going to happen, but you're like... I gotta exit. I've got to exit right I've got to exit I've right now. Exit and right golf now.
3: carts are conducive to exiting. They are. I love it. They are. And we also have Shane Bernard. Who, dude, I don't even know. I, I may have told you this before, but I think my first interaction with you ever was I was a college student and you were doing like a retreat for Kanakuk. And while you were like in between sessions, I totally took your guitar and started
0: playing it. <laughs> you haven't ever told me this.
3: <laughs> and I broke your string. <laughs> <laughs> So when he comes he back up back, to play his next in. set, it just, yeah. he's got re- to He's got to restring his guitar. Oh uh, yeah, sorry about that, man. That's, yeah. uh, hey, I forgive you. <laughs> that's <laughs> thank, hilarious. Thank Did you, yes. you even say anything? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think uh, I was yeah. pretty embarrassed. Uh, that's yeah. funny. That is amazing. So these three guys help lead our worship ministry here at Watermark. Worship being something that is really a critical aspect of the Christian life and really just uh, life in general. I mean, human beings, you look down through the whole history of mankind and one of the consistent things we see from every age, every people group uh, is we worship. And there's a lot of misconceptions around exactly what that is. But you guys kind of live in this world and help people think about this, especially here at Watermark. So I'll just throw it out there and, and just ask, when somebody thinks about worship what would you tell them? What is worship?
0: Well, John, <laughs> why don't you start?
3: <laughs> great question. Thank you. I do lead the great questions ministry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I think I would answer it this way in that we think we know what worship is about in the church and just by association, it's, we would think it's about music.
3: Yeah. Sing a song.
2: Right. Yeah. And that becomes worship, worshiping music. Mm-hmm. It becomes the focus. It becomes all that worship is about. And so, if music never happened to this planet, worship would still exist, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it is one. I mean, this is the it's about Him. Yeah, it's about the Lord, and that's what's so scary about our current worship culture, which we might get into later. But we can really quickly make it about us because we live in a rock star culture. It's all about. The stage and the lights and praising man, but that is just a a mirage of of what God has made us to do mm. in Christ. So, so yeah, I think most of us would know that that it is it is Romans twelve. It is a, it is a a sacrifice of worship, a life of worship
3: unto the Lord. So breaking it down like real practically, if it's not music and it is about God. Which, I mean, I think probably all theists, at least, would in, in name say that, yeah, that's right. But how do you unpack it? Like, w- like how do you state that positively? How do we see it play out in Scripture?
0: Mm-hmm. A verse that comes to my mind, uh, this this might be coming at it in a totally weird, wrong way. Bro. It's the first thing that came to I my I love head. it. First thing that came to my head. So I'm just going to try to define it by defining evil.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And this is from Jeremiah 2. 13, it says, my people have committed two evils. This is what evil is. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and they have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that can't hold water. Mm-hmm. So if that's evil. Or when we think of what's the opposite of worship is not seeing God for who he is Going your own way and not trusting in his way. That's evil. And what is evil? Isn't that crazy? That evil defined when you boil it down isn't killing, adultery, mm-hmm. idolatry. It is drinking from a cistern that can hold no water. It is not drinking from the living water that will give you life. Yeah. And so uh, that's the first thing that came to mind when you think of what worship is, would be, you know, in complete contrast to that. Verse in Jeremiah. It would be drinking from the living water, Um, not drinking out of your own broken cisterns that are rooted in the old man, which is rebellious against God, but rooted in the in your new life that is created a new, it's not a renovated life, but it's a completely new Mm -hmm, life mm -hmm. that we live by faith in Christ who loved us and died for us. So I'm drinking, simply drinking from uh, the living water and liking it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Okay. And that's displayed
0: through, uh, obviously, from the second we wake up, our marriages and our children and our friendships and our businesses and all of our inner workings of every day, right? All of the... Sacredness of the secular things that we do—they're all a fragrant offering. Whether you eat or drink, doing all things to the glory of God.
3: Yeah. So, one of my favorite Hebrew words in the Old Testament is this word "kavod." Kavod. Mm.
0: Kavod—like
3: that just sounds like it sounds like you should like be eating a steak and drinking a pint or something, you know? Just like kavod, (laughs) but the word literally means heavy. Like that's what it means. It's kind of like the something that's real versus an imitation of it. So I always think of uh, uh, and you know, this'll uh Shane get to what you're saying a second ago. I don't know if this is right or not, but it's the first thing that came to my head. I always think about the Batman movie where at the beginning of it, I think it's the second one uh in the Christian Bale series, the Christopher Nolan series, where there's these fake Batmen and they're like running around with guns. And all the bad guys are like, no, that's not the real thing, you know, and they're fighting or whatever. And then the real Batman shows up and he he like makes an entrance, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. He like comes in and all of a sudden all the bad guys know like there he is, Mm -hmm. like that's the real thing, you know? That's the word "cavode." It has weight to it. Mm -hmm. Um, Like like, uh, you feel somebody's wedding ring and if it's like a cheap metal or something, it's light, but if it's like platinum, it's like, dang, dude, that's heavy, you know? Mm And we translate kavod glory. That's the, that's the translation that we give to that word. And I think that when we see, especially, well, all throughout scripture, but we see this, when God shows up, there is, to use C.S. Lewis's term, a weight of glory that enters the room. And I think that that internal, like you said, drink from water and like it, that internal like just response of, oh, snap. You're the king <laughs> and not me you know what i'm saying which is like a it's a immediate natural response that we have when we encounter the presence of god and i think that that's f- stated positively like that's the cistern that can hold water yeah no doubt you know that's the one that when you drink from it instead of uh, withering and dying you are coming to life mm-hmm. and so i think just positively stated worship is ascribing the value and worth to an object that it alone can handle. Uh, like G, Like God is the only one that can handle that weight of glory. Mm-hmm. And we're just recognizing that and not just recognizing it in the sense of assert that that's true, but we live in light of that fact.
2: I think the the word, actual word worship comes from the word worth. And it was actually... Pronounced that way, worthship for a while, mm. and
3: it got changed to worship. But but yeah, that's exactly right. It's it's the what you put worth and value in, which should make us reevaluate like our entire lives. Because you, I think, a proper worship question should be: What do I put worth on mm-hmm. in my life? Mm-hmm. How do I measure that? What do I spend my time? You know, my money. My how, what informs those decisions? Because if you want to know what people worship, get out their calendar, get out their checkbook. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I'm saying?
1: I think it's a hard thing for us and the way that we grew up to not compartmentalize what that means to us. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think, you know, we're trying to, I'm still trying to dig myself out of what I think worship is. Mm -hmm. Just like in the Old Testament, God's people continually Created things to worship, mm. and I think similarly with what we do. It's just like we we have our little trinkets and we set up our idols, and then we we bow down before them because we think that they're going to like fulfill some part of us that mm. feels like it's lacking. Yeah, and you know that's where I, I think we, as believers, have to constantly be asking the question of doing that spiritual diagnostic and saying. What am I putting my hope in where we do look at what our checkbooks look yeah, like, yeah. what our time looks like, and what draws our affections? Yeah, And so I think in everything, I think that is, when you boil it down, it's just always asking those questions and asking for help, you know, yeah. it's just like, Lord, inform me by your word, golly, remind me of the things that are distracting my heart from the truth you say you're the one that brings life. Mm-hmm. You say that at your right hand are eternal pleasures. That your word is is the lamp into my feet. You know, I mean, I mean the the light into my path. You know, it's just like I want to be led by the truth that is not just sustaining, but that fulfills. I think we can all tell story after story about how the things. That we think will bring life don't, Mm -hmm. you know, and the older we get and the more that we get, it's always revealing the truth of what God says. It's just like, man, the more I get, the more miserable I am. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, totally. I think all of that is, it's always going to ring true. It's just like, man, I, I want to always be informing my heart with the word. Yeah. And hopefully the spirit is enlightening things as I ask him to say, Lord, what am I worshiping? Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, it's almost like uh, the accumulation of stuff or the things or getting the things that we are worshiping, even though we may not say that we are, is this strange blessing because it exposes how woefully insufficient they are to actually fill that need. Mm -hmm. You, You become starkly aware of your bankruptcy (laughs) while you're living in a palace, an ivory palace.
1: Yeah. And I think Todd, our pastor, I think he articulates that in such a profound way. And it was enlightening to me. It's just like, yeah, we are in America or someone who is affluent and Mm -hmm. even say, say you had a billion Mm dollars. The blessing of having a billion dollars isn't the fact that I have two boats and six houses mm-hmm. and all of these things. The mm-hmm. blessing is I now realize that that doesn't satisfy. Yeah, right, right. I'm still searching, mm-hmm. even though I have what someone who's living on in, you know, not just abject poverty, but like say it's someone who has a little, it's just like, Oh, yeah. I'm, if I only had, if I, I only, just, had, yeah, if mm-hmm, I only yeah. had, then, then I would be happy. And then, but then you look at people who have the most mm-hmm. seem to be, the ones that are, are hopeless.
3: Well, yeah. I mean, they're trying to drink from a broken cistern.
2: Mm-hmm. There's a passage in scripture that helps me remember what, who God is, right? I mean, there's a lot of them, but this one's in Colossians chapter one. Shane and I wrote a song recently about this called, the Lord Almighty. But this is a, this is what it says. This is a, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation for by him, all things were created things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authority, all things were created by him for him. He is before all things and in him, all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead. So that in everything he might have the supremacy for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself, all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Anyway, bro. Well, what was the word you give used? Give call, Greek? bro.
3: Cavode. That, that's, that's a cavode, right today, there. <laughs> that's a cavode verse. I'm <laughs> yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this isn't about me. Yeah. Right. Or music, uncle. Or yeah, Or yeah. watermark. Yeah. Or Shin you know what I mean? out, Anything yeah, yeah. that we would put value in. It's not about any of those things. Those yeah. things are dust. Mm-hmm. And so that's why even as as worship leaders, we have an amazing responsibility to remind. Because our gifts were given to us to equip the body, to yeah. build them up, to remind them what is true. And and we have to start here. We have to start with uh, the object of why we were created to worship mm-hmm. is is Him.
3: And so yeah. that, that's a verse that
2: I love it, just dude. blows me away. It's a good time.
3: transition, though, to what I want to talk about next. And that is, so worship is not necessarily music, for sure. I mean, uh, music is an expression that we might use to ascribe value and worth to the one who holds it, who can handle the kavod, but God gave it to us as a something that's good and beautiful. Yeah. And so let me just ask it generally and then more specifically, but what would you guys say is the role of the arts in worship? If we're ascribing value and worth to God, then what role do the arts play in that?
0: Maybe the first thing I can think of as it regards to, let me just let me just address our particular art, and leave the other forms of art. I'm, I'm sure we can lump them all to some degree into the same one, but this verse I'm thinking of pertains to singing in particular. Uh, Colossians 3.16 has really helped me frame the role of singing in the body. And and there's not many of these verses in the New Testament. And and I don't think this is a question you're asking that we may answer here in a little bit of kind of the pitfalls of where we go with singing in the church. I won't go there, but let me just define it as this, this prayer. Let the word of Christ dwell richly in you as you teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. And the NIV says through, it's implied in the other versions, through singing Mm -hmm. psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratefulness in your heart to God. Yeah. So let the word of Christ dwell richly in you as you not perform or not receive a performance, but as you teach and admonish one another mm-hmm. in all wisdom through singing. And that's the goal. And so, and we could we have another podcast on what does it mean for the word of Christ to dwell richly yeah, in you. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I think we start believing in who God is. We start understanding what all that he's given us in Christ Jesus, who we are in him. So sometimes I like to remind myself uh, with three R's and remind is one of them. Remind each other. Um, thats So the purpose of music, remind us what God's doing. Remember what he's done, who he is. Mm-hmm. And then one of my favorites for my, this might be in my own heart, but uh, receive. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to how we just defined worship. Yep. And so like, I think receiving. What do we have to offer God? What do we have to render God for His benefits? An empty cup of salvation. A call on the name of the Lord. I I got, I got nothing. I had nothing but sin, God. It, you know, uh, and all and all I get to do is just receive from Him. And so, you said that's a special gift, right? Singing, and I think it helps us with that third R, to go, man. All we have, the best way we glorify him is just to drink and be satisfied of mm-hmm. all that he's done. Mm-hmm. And so partaking of the grace of God and the glory of God is our offering to God. Mm-hmm. And so the three R's help frame it for me. And that scripture, Colossians 316, has always been helpful to me. Mm-hmm. So
3: I think to that point, Shane, there's a there is us coming to as a body. Coming to the Lord and through the vehicle of music, song, singing, ascribing value and worth to him, coming and confessing our inability and our lack of ability to hold covod, <laughs> to, to hold anything. And I think that there's something really special when we begin to realize that in our singing, that it's not just what sometimes people may think in their heads where okay, I'm a dirty, rotten scoundrel and I have to come and offer this song and God's up there on his throne and hopefully it'll get past the ceiling and he'll hear it and maybe be pleased or not, whatever. you know. We're just going to try. I think that's probably a, if not the majority, that's probably a fairly commonly held view among people um, just because of the way they image God. But uh, one of the things that's been really Impactful in my life was just at a critical moment in my life. My mom actually sent me Zephaniah. That's what I'm talking about. Mm. Zephaniah, mm-hmm. Zephaniah oh, uh, 317, where it says, The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. Mm-hmm what the heck? <laughs> that's like, that's like, wait a second. So I'm not the only one singing a song. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We sing to God, but he is also singing to us. I think what music does on some level is it, it, it's the vehicle that creates that space where we can commune with God in a, in a really unique way and both offer to him. And also like you said, receive the song that he's singing over us. Totally. Um, What's that song you guys did is uh, embracing accusations. Maybe like he's singing a song over us. That's a really powerful deal. It's transformative.
0: Singing. I think this is part of letting the word of Christ dwell richly in us is like our, all of our theology becomes experience. Good. And until we experience theology, Right? We're just, we're not much it's from the Pharisees, yep, right? Yeah, no, that, that, have, that is the Pharisees. Yeah, you can go ahead and say So, it. like, <laughs> experience, experiencing our doctrine, experiencing our thoughts, I think that that's the best way I know that I can see in Scripture that it says, the word of Christ is now dwelling richly mm-hmm, in us. Mm-hmm it's more than just knowing it. it is dwelling in us. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, those are strong words. And so I think in that way, it's really helpful. And again, like I, I think even in our giving, even in our ascribing, if we are experiencing, if we are seeing him rightly, mm-hmm. if we are tasting that living water rightly, then it is, even our giving is a receiving, is an enjoying because we're seeing. Mm-hmm. And so we can lift up fake words all day long. Yep. And tell ourselves that we checked off the mark and gave him glory, ascribed him worth, but everything, whether we're singing "Lord, I need you or we're singing praise to the Lord, all of that right is just is seeing him in a way that is accurate and and that only happens if he lets us, and so when that happens, worship happens, yeah, and that's kind of the crux you know that we're in is that we need him mm. we need him to help us to see him rightly. And and that's one of our jobs is like to get out there and to lead a prayer time where we ask him to do that. It's like, man, can you use all of these gifts just to help us to see you as you are? You look exactly like you are. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. and we just have a hard time seeing that sometimes. It's totally forgetful.
3: Yeah. So John, you're up there every week as the body gathers. So there is a corporate aspect to this and when you are standing up there or any of you guys are standing up there and you're leading this local body to help people see God clearly how do you view music as that vehicle that's taking people to the throne
2: i liked how you said that how you are standing up there leading the body and one thing i've got to remember is that i am a part of this body mm-hmm. that I'm the gift that I've been given is no better than anybody else's gift. It just happens to be on a stage public and, yeah. and very, you know, public. So what helps me in leading is knowing that is, is, that's where I start. I'm a brother, I'm a son, I'm a husband, I'm accountable, broken man as a part of this, this body that I'm hoping, I'm hoping that the gifts I've been given can help serve the body mm-hmm. But if I'm not living that out as just first, not as a worship pastor, but as a member of this body, yeah. so I'm living in the light.
3: I'm yeah, a disciple I'm, of Jesus.
2: I'm a, disciple. Yeah. I'm a follower of Jesus before yeah. anything, before yep. my, mm-hmm. you know, I get a paycheck for being a worship leader. You know what I mean? I, I'm first and foremost at my core, a a follower of Jesus. So it starts there for mm-hmm. sure. But there's this verse that I would answer that question with. There's this passage in First Peter four, ten through 11 that says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others Mm. as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. Mm. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength (laughs) God provides. And then he closes out with, with the whole purpose of it all. It says, so that in all things... God may be praised through Jesus Christ, mm. and that is the whole point. Mm. To Him be the glory and the power Caboad. forever yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. ever. Yeah. Amen. Come on, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's just weighty, yeah. like Caboad. you said. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I would say that that's the whole purpose of it. Is is that that these gifts, when I stand up there, is, is to serve. I'm not bringing attention to myself. In fact, I'm trying to disappear. I'm trying to. Put it on him.
0: So, yeah. I don't want to be overstepping something that I I think I saw wrongly for a long time. You just talked about no pressure a second Mm, ago, right? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah,
0: Um, I think sometimes as worship leaders, if there's anyone listening to this that happens to be one, we carry an unnecessary pressure because of some of the language of oh, this is the guy who leads us into his presence. Mm -hmm. This is the guy that leads us to the throne. Yeah, yeah. And something that's helped me and help me if I'm not seeing it right, but I'm leading you in song that we are about to sing about the one, the only one who has led us into the presence of God and the only one who has made a way for us to stand boldly before the throne Mm. of God. And his name is Jesus. He is our worship leader. I am a co-heir with you and a co-heir with Christ. And I get to now lead you in song. And that, there was some pressure taken off there. Oh, yeah. Um, and even in Hebrews too, it talks about how he leads in the congregation. There is another place where he talks about him singing there, but we can mm. talk about this it. kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is our ultimate worship leader. The, the veil was torn. And I'd love for you to tell us about the six inch thick veil, 20 feet high <laughs> that was <laughs> yeah, torn yeah. and everything that, thousands of years was pointing to was finally exposed. Mm -hmm. And now we don't have to have one man one day a year. Now we all at any point because of our worship leader, Christ Jesus, who led us into the presence of God can come into the presence Mm -hmm. of God boldly. And yes, that's special when there's more than one person present, and we get to sing together. And the Colossians 3, 16s, it's probably multiple verses that um, exhort us to what to do when we come together. But it's just to remember that he has done all of this. Mm-hmm. I don't have some upper hand or mm-hmm. I, I don't, I can't manipulate this situation so that I feel a certain way. And then when people don't respond, how I don't want them to respond. It, it helps me to love them. Yeah. It's like, I, man, it says, I love you. And this is not about me doing something to bring you something Somewhere, and if I and if that doesn't happen, I failed. Yeah, right. The way has been made. Come, yeah, come. And mm-hmm. so it's been more of like a a pep rally leader mm-hmm. or a cheerleader going, "Come, I'm teaching and admonishing you. Don't believe that your sin is greater than the blood of Jesus." Mm-hmm. And we get to do that. So it's similar to a pastor or a preacher. Or Proclaim the greatness, of yep. the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Yeah,
3: yeah. You're, you're touching on something really uh, seminal in this, and that is some of the language that we do use, like you just pointed out, is sloppy language. Because the reality of it is, is we don't go into the throne room. The miracle of the veil tearing is not that we gained access to God. There is that truth on some level, but it's not like God wasn't accessible prior to that what the miracle of the veil tearing is that the Holy of Holies broke out. Like the temple shifts. Yeah. It shifts to us. Totally. So really to say, well, we're going into the throne of God is really like saying we're going into what's already in me. Totally. I think music and specifically praise music that ascribes to God. What's true about him is a ministry, a unique one because it's the type of vehicle that we need In order to steal past some of our rational obstacles or to steal past something that uh, our woundedness to get at what Christ has already done in us by his spirit, Mm. which is why Hebrew says, hey, you don't have to do this timidly anymore. I don't just live in the holy of holies. I live in you. Mm. And so uh, it's almost like a something is because of sin and false narratives that we believe about God and ourselves, it's almost like something is covering us or or covering our eyes a a blinder, so that we can't see what's actually true about who God has made us in Christ by his spirit. And that worship is one of the things that God has given to us to peel those blinders back and go, Hey, I'm going to show you what you can either only partially see or see incompletely, I'm going to kind of peel the curtain back and show you this is who you actually are in Christ and who God is primarily. So you're touching on something there that I think is really critical. I mean,
1: that's where I've kind of even been, like I've just been doing old Testament study on like just how it used to be versus how it is. Yeah. And I think we're still, I think it's so deep rooted in us. I mean, we're all ambassadors but we feel like the ones who lead or stand, that we are still in the line of the high priests. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, though there's a select few who get to who go, go in, in yeah. Yeah. which is that's so dangerous. That's what Jesus blew. That's up. what he blew up, but it's still <laughs> so dangerous. And I think that yeah. verbiage, what you're talking about. It's just like, oh, when you come into this place, Or when you do these things, Mm -hmm. it's just that I... usher usher into the... Yeah, you uh, know, I'm ushering you you in. Something happens for Mm -hmm. sure when we sing together. I don't want to take that away, but I think semantics matter. Yeah. When when it's just like, no, we are joint heirs. I love the way Shane said that. It's Mm -hmm. just like we always, when we were dirty, we were always sent out. That's the way that it was in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. So even when... Adam and Eve were in the garden. They're in the garden, they have fellowship with God, and then they sinned, so they were, they were put out. Mm-hmm. You're put out. Mm-hmm. So if you had leprosy, you were put out. Yeah. If you touched a dead body, you were put out. If you yeah. ate the wrong thing, you're put out. Yeah, things can Everything, be Everything, yeah. if there was ever sin, you were always put out. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, the veil was torn, and it's just all invited in. Mm-hmm. Now we can all come in. Now we can mm-hmm. all come boldly before the throne of grace.
3: What's fascinating about that is the thing that gets cleaned in the new Testament is our hearts. Mm-hmm. Like our hearts become the type of house that now God can live in. Mm-hmm. And so the coming in is the Holy spirit into yeah. us. Yeah. Now there's millions of little temples yeah. all over the world, yeah. you know, radiating the kavod of God. I totally hear what you're saying. Just like language does matter. It helps reframe the way that people think about it. I think one of the natural consequences of that is there's uh, whoever is the lead worshiper or worship leader, pressure is taken off, which is great, you know? And then two, I think the whole structure of it, when we're thinking about it correctly, just shifts and changes to where now we're like, oh, this is a communion between Christ and his bride, mm-hmm. between God and the church. And uh, that's a really special thing. Yeah. It can occur in a bunch of different ways, but mm-hmm. one of the ways it consistently occurs is through the medium of music.
0: The oneness of all of that is so sweet. When the body gets together, sometimes I catch myself just observing, like breathing together. Mm-hmm. You mean you take breaths together? You breathe together. You say things and you sing things in syllables, and at different volumes, mm-hmm. and it all changes together. You're breathing together and you're just, you're singing to the, our King as one. So there is like such a uniting,
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, thing that happens. And
3: it can't happen apart from being together, which is why the New Testament, which, you know, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but most of the commands, if not all of them, I'm trying to think of one that's not in the New Testament are plural. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, we, mm-hmm. you know,
1: we do this. And I love that too, because even like when we're, you're talking about, the arts, mm-hmm. the transcendentals, truth, beauty, goodness. There is something divine in in the rational mind that's different. It's
3: something that transcends rationality. It does. It's not anti-rational. It's supra or trans-rational. Trans, yep. Again, that music can be the vehicle that carries us into that space.
1: It is, but where I want to go with that point is it's just like in all things, mm-hmm. we're ascribing worth to the Father, we're all worshiping, and so whether you're a plumber, whether you're a worship leader, whether you're an artist, whatever you do, you're doing it unto something, you know. And so it's just like we're we're ascribing truth, beauty, and goodness because our God is the epitome of truth, beauty, and goodness. You you want to encourage the sacred and the secular. Because it's all sacred. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. just like we, we try to do these things in different. It's just like, oh, okay. Oh, he's a worship leader or he's a pastor yeah. or he's this. The mantle is just as heavy on all of us. And so it is heavy mm-hmm. because we are the temple radiating. We are the city on the hill. If I'm a city on a hill and you know what? I'm good at rebuilding carburetors. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's a sacred thing. It's so hard for my mind to get there, Mm -hmm. but it's just like that language matters. That's what we're bringing people into. And we come together and we get to sing and we do this and there's, there is things that happen and because we're talking about the word of God and it's doing things, it's living and active, but we want that to spill over in all of our lives. Totally. That's why we
0: often say, you know, when we gather together, we're having a worship conference or a pastor's conference. Yeah, Yeah, right. Because- this is not, hey, come in here and watch the professionals. This is, let's get together, rally around our only professional and go out and do our thing. Yeah, for we're all, God. The,
2: all the priests coming in yeah. to gather together, to remember and bring the Lord to God. But then all the priests are get dispersed out to go be on mission during the week. So yeah.
3: Well, hey, a lot more coming next week. So we're going to keep hanging out with the Shanes and John Abel. And so tune in with us next week. Thanks for listening to the Equipping Podcast. If you like what you heard, then leave us a rating on iTunes. Leave us a comment. That'd be awesome.
0: But only nice things. Uh,
3: people <laughs> can be honest. I want people to be honest. That's what I want.
2: Nathan and I want different things.
3: <laughs> you can be honest. I'm good with that. And if you have any questions or if you've got a topic you'd like to see us cover, then shoot us an email at equippingpodcast@watermark.org. Peace.
1: Bye.